Hey everyone, welcome to Orange Crushing It, a weekly series dedicated to high drive, passionate and motivated individuals. I'm your host, Frank Clark, President and CEO of The Mr. Orange. This shows a weekly dose of business, life and personal development principles geared toward bringing out the adrenaline junkie and overachiever in each and every one of you. As a seasoned entrepreneur of over five companies producing hundreds of millions in revenue, I'm going to personally be sharing my stories of success and, of course, my life-defining massive screw-ups, <laughs> as well as featuring inspiring guests, business leaders, athletes, thrill-seekers who just truly want to walk their talk and make life happen. Stick around, and let's get crushing. Hey, good afternoon, fellow Oranges and listeners out there. Welcome to Orange Crushing It. My name is Frank Clark. I'm the CEO of The Mr. Orange and... Today, I have a good friend. Well, I always have a good friend, right? Why should friends be like, I have a bad friend? Nobody would ever, I don't think, would ever introduce their show and go, hey, I have a bad friend on today. <laughs> I won't do that. So, my buddy's name is Dan Mesrobian, and Dan is a successful real estate broker in northern New Jersey. Year after year, this guy is constantly winning awards. He gets the Circle of Excellence Award in the New Jersey Association of Realtors. He's been in the real estate business for 21 years and trains people and mentors new agents in order to assist them achieve their goals. He's a very giving guy. His overall career objective is actually, besides being successful in real estate, is to help support people get their goals, get their dreams, all through the process of buying and selling real estate, which he is excellent at. He's somebody that you could mentor with. He's been, I mean, the guy just is highly accomplished in that space. He also likes helping people, especially when they're going through a tough time. He finds ways to can assist them via money, time, advice, clothing, or just being that guy that's got a great smile, which he does. Okay. I told him before this, he looks like Hugh Jackman, which I am a little jealous of because I went as Hugh Jackman uh, one year for Halloween and I did not rock it as good as this guy does. So <laughs> he's committed to personal growth and all facets of his life, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically. I've seen a guy walk on his hands. I know he is a, he's a beast. And when he's not selling real estate and helping other people have a great life, you can find him on the waterfront in Hoboken, running, biking, filming sunrises. And the guy is just a cool guy, great fun guy to hang out with. Dan, welcome to Orange Crushing It. How are you, brother? Pleasure. Wow. How do I follow up that introduction? Man. You didn't know you were that great, huh? You didn't realize (laughs) your levels of excellence here. I love it. But hey, <laughs> honest to God, it is such a pleasure to be here. I, I haven't seen you in person since uh, since Date with Destiny. So to be on your podcast and to just connect with you on a human level really means a lot to me. So uh, truly, I'm, I'm, I'm gifted and, and pleasure to be uh, to be here. Well, thanks for saying that. Uh, you were there at the uh, inception of the birth, if you will, of the uh, at some level of the whole orange movement. I mean, you were there taking pictures when you weren't supposed to be taking pictures. And thank hey, you. Hey, man, that was such a great shot we got of Tony giving you the uh, the fist bump, man. Absolutely. It so it's right great. On, it's right on the Orange Crushing It page. Just that picture has been reused and uh, reprinted many, many, many times. <laughs> so, Dan, successful guy, man. You know, how did you get involved in real estate? Like, what's your backstory? I know what you're doing presently. I know what you've been doing in real estate for the past 20 years. I know you're a big family guy. Like, bring us back to how you got involved in real estate, why that passion particularly. And even, you know, one of the things you said in your bio was, you know, you love helping people, especially through hard times. And why that particular? What brought you to any of that? Let's start with, I graduated college 1999 and had a history degree. Thought I was going to go into teaching because I did enjoy it. And a mortgage lender 
grabbed me right out of uh, out of college, interviewed with them, and offered me the job right on the spot. So not knowing anything about lending and mortgages and what a mortgage even was, they trained me. And for the, I say from 99 to about 2010, 11, maybe even 12, uh, I was in some form or fashion in the lending industry. So I guess it just kind of found me, really. I was a little, uh, I'd say, directionless when I came out of college as to what I was going to do, how I was going to earn a living, you know, those kinds of things. And then in that, during that time period, I want to say it was 2003, four, I started to dabble a little bit in acting, ran into some people that, uh, you know, coaching different, you know, various celebrities and, and people of that nature, obviously being near New York, you're privy to that. So just worked my way up that way, did some, some bit roles on some, some shows and whatnot. And then once 08, 09, 10 happened, uh, I think my roles in there kind of got less and less. And I just figured I had to do something. So then I got my real estate license and just uh, was gifted to have some mentors that, you know, kind of helped me along. And, uh, you know, now we're in 20, 2020 and, uh, you know, I have, I'm responsible for, you know, a couple employees and, uh, and their livelihood. So it's an interesting uh, way how it just, things kind of play themselves out. But so that's how I got to where I'm at now. Okay. So you, you, I mean, why did you get involved in history? What, what was the fascination with history? Why do you want to get a degree in it, right? I was yeah. fascinated with psychology in college. I'm like, I want to be a psych guy, right? I always liked mm-hmm. personal development, all that stuff. But then it was like one semester into it. And, you know, other than the hot girls that were taking the classes too, I'm like, this sucks. I can't, <laughs> I'm like, can I make money doing this? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was money driven. So, you know, what, what is it? What's the fascination with history? You said you were going to be a teacher, right? Is that, yeah. Is that your, yeah. So to be on <laughs> complete transparency, uh, yeah. you're going to get you're going to get some 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 raw transparency here with me. So uh, to be honest, I the only thing that I could do with college, it took me five and a half years to graduate with a four year degree. I was on academic probation twice. The first time when I transferred to my the four year school from a two year school, when I graduated two year school, I got like a point nine, I think, on my GPA. I failed two classes, had a C and a D, I think, for the other two. And then the next semester was almost exactly the same to where the dean, I sat with the dean and he said, do you even want to be here? Like, you know, it, this is your money. Like, what, what are you even doing? And I just kept remembering my dad's pumping in my ear, like, you have to have a college degree. You got to get a college degree. And history was the only thing that I could do where you could literally memorize a date and then remember that date on a test and then score well on it. That was the only reason I took history no is because you, you could do that. Yes. So I, I, it took five and a half years. I know it's crazy, but no, uh, no it took, it's not yeah, crazy. it took five, five and a half years, but I ended up one semester actually making the Dean's list. My father couldn't even believe it. Like they, my parents were so proud of me. I graduated. I think it was like a, I don't even know, like a two, four, I think, or a two, three or something like that. Hey, but the great, fact is man, you're there. that's right? it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I walked great. in and I had the diploma and my folks were so proud. And it was one of the, one of the moments because there were so many times I wanted to quit and and I was living home at the time. And my dad was just like, you know, look, you can quit once. And if you quit once, you're going to continue to quit other things. And that's one thing that I'm not is, is a quitter. So I, I was raised playing competitive sports. I was a soccer player for uh, a long time uh, competitively and quitting just wasn't in my DNA. So we ended up, you know, that's, that's how we did it. So we got the degree and, you know, now I'm here. Were you like on a roll all through high school and grammar school and all that stuff too? Yeah, I wish that was the case. But unfortunately for me, when I was younger, I was very, very much a follower. 
whatever my friends did was really what I did. So, and I was a really, the shame, the shame of that whole thing is, is I was a really good soccer player. As you get older, you know, you kind of have different relationships with your folks. And I'm very close with my mother and father to the point where, you know, we discuss things from me growing up. And one of the things they shared with me only a couple of weeks ago when we were out having lunch together was they had a soccer club approach them and wanted me to go on the team with them. But it would have required tons of travel and just a whole shifting of their because it would have been like, you know, national. You know, I would have been traveling you know, nationally in, inside the United States. They turned it down. And I, didn't, I had no idea that they even were approached by a club. And I was probably 16, 15, 16, 17 in that area. So you didn't, didn't know. know that. You, you didn't no. even know a club approached you, right? Did not know. Wow. So how does it make uh, you feel? I mean, is that like you, you, you go, hey, mom and dad, uh, you know, you owe me one for this one. Uh, <laughs> you know, I wish I could say that. They have done so much for me over the years. We can get into that later where, you know, there was a point in my life in my mid-30s where the only difference between me and, and somebody who didn't have a place to stay was the fact that I had two parents. Because if I didn't, I, I, I might have been, you know, you know, broken. I was broke. It was just a matter of where I was going to go. Again, most successful people, they're successful because they take chances. And, it's, and they're successful because they fail more than people that are, I won't call them failures, but people that don't have necessarily the, the level of wealth or the level of success or the level of running companies or the level of leadership that you do, they don't have the amount of times that they failed because they play it safe most of the time, right? Yeah. And successful people, I've heard this over and over and over again. I've interviewed tons of them. You know, they fail all the time, but they don't, they don't let the lesson or they don't let the failure define them. It doesn't become who they are. They look at it as a lesson to grow and, okay, what did I take away from this? Let's, let's not do that again and yeah. let's go to here, right? And you always have that attitude of not quitting, which is great. I mean, that's, that, that yeah. alone will get you through a lot of things, right? Persistence will help you get something, but consistency helps you keep it. And that no quit attitude, I mean, you can tell, obviously you're, you're, you're a fit guy and you exercise every single day, I would assume, right? Like mm-hmm. I wasn't joking when you said you look like Hugh Jackman. So then you say, oh, look, at I'm acting in 2003 and 2004. I knew yeah. it. I knew <laughs> it. <laughs> it actually went older than that, but yeah. 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 All right. That's funny. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it, you said something very poignant there, and I want to I wanna just backtrack on that. Persistency helps you get something, and consistency helps you keep it. And man, is that, that I've never heard that before, but wow, is that, that is a profound statement to anything that anyone is trying to attain. Because, I mean, I'm sure you probably hear this a lot. You know, look, we overestimate what we can do in a year, but we so underestimate what we can do in like a decade or even a half a decade. So building that, you know, just building the blocks. Like I compare trying to get something to like, like a house because it's what I know. So like getting started and figuring out the nuts and bolts of what it takes to get it is like, the, is like your legs. It's like the foundation of the house. You're, you're building it. And then once you have that set and you're doing that every day, every day, like without clockwork, every morning I'm writing five things I'm grateful for, five things I want. At the end, when I put head to pillow, it's sitting next to my bed. Five things I'm grateful for, five things I want. Every day. When you do that every day, it's exactly what you said. It's the consistency will help you keep what you get because you're going to get what you want. It's just how are you going to go about doing it? And so that's part of your routine then, right? You, your gratitude journal and what you want. That's how you start your day. Walk, walk me 100%. through a, like, 
like you are a disciplined guy. I, I, you know, disciplined from the way that you eat, disciplined from the way you work out, disciplined in your job. I mean, if there's anything that you're like steady Eddie, okay, it's Dan the man over here. Like you are consistent, <laughs> man. There's no two ways about it. Really, you are. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, you know, like scheduling time with you. I know it's like you are, you are the master at time blocking. You're the master at getting stuff done. For somebody that wants to live like that, wants to achieve what's a, you know, everybody has their own little morning rituals. I'm up at 4.30. Mm-hmm. I like to be in the gym at 5.30 planning and meditating and the gratitude journal, all those things I get, try to get done before eight o'clock even hits, right? Before the rest of the people are at the streets running. I like to have all that knocked out and out of the way. What, what are yeah. some morning rituals for you? What is, what is, a, you know, things that you do consistently? Great question. And I am aware too, that you did not normally get up at four 30 in the morning. That's so correct. that is, that is huge. I am very proud of you, my friend. That is awesome. Congratulations <laughs> on that, that achievement. This is a new so, one. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. yeah. I love it. So yeah, usually I'm up about four, four thirty. It depends. COVID's changed things a little bit because the gym's not open now. So well it is, but I'm not working out with a mask. So I, I do things here. But again, four, four thirty. Uh the first so I get up and what I'll do first is always make the bed. That is that is a consistent thing. So literally within five minutes of me getting up, I've already done something. I've already achieved something. And as minor as it is making a bed, it sticks in your head. Yeah, I just did that. Like I got that done. So it puts in my mind an achievement mentality for the day that I've just done that. Usually what I'll do is I'll start with push-ups. I'll just start, you know, doing like uh, three sets of like 30, 35 push-ups on like raised bars. I've raised bars here mm-hmm. and I do those and then I'll do some stretching because what I am noticing is, is as I'm getting uh, increasing in age, I need to stretch a lot more, a lot more. So I do a whole yoga stretch like a yoga flow routine that I do here. And then when I'm done with that, I'll do uh, probably about a good 10, 15 minute of just a, a quiet meditation, uh, sitting in lotus pose. And I'll, uh, I'll sit and just be quiet for a good 10, 15 minutes. Settles your brain. I'll shower. And then once I'm done showering, I do my grateful journal. I'll write five things that I'm grateful for, five things that I want. And once that's done, I start eating. And then I'm, it's probably about uh, seven, seven fifteen, and then my day goes with phone calls with other agents and stuff that I network with. Right. I mean, how important to you is that morning ritual? When you travel, do you keep that same ritual going? I mean, how how important to you, especially the gratitude yeah. and what do you want? Right. Yes. How? Yes, how, that travels. That travels with me. That travels. Yeah. Yeah, that travels. So, with regards to working out, it depends where I'm going. Like, if I'm on a vacation, I will usually do it for the first week. So I go on vacation for two weeks with my family each year. We have a house down the shore. So everybody gets together, sister, uh, brother-in-law, my niece, nephew, my brother, and my mom and my dad. And we all kind of share the house and we have two weeks together. First week, I still do everything that I normally do and I'll even work. The second week, I will take off from any kind of like structured activity, but I still write in the, I'd still write in the grateful journal and I still write in morning and night. I, that I don't want to give up. Oh, that's fantastic, man. And, how, yeah. and what do you correlate that to your success? 100 percent. Yeah, it's just part of it. You know, there's things that I don't enjoy doing in a given day. Sometimes I just don't want to do it. Sometimes I don't even want to get up. Right. You know, I mean, there's days I'm just like, damn, like, I just don't want to get up today. And, uh, you know, I have to do it within like 10 to 15 seconds or I will literally lay my head on the pillow for another half hour. So I just jump right up. Yeah. But there are days. I do have days when, uh, and usually it's in the wintertime when it's cold up here and it's, you know, 20 degrees and it's like, man, I don't want to get up and go for a run. 
but I do it anyway. You do it anyways. And as a result, yeah. look, and as a result, you're a lean guy, you're a successful guy, right? You're a happy guy. And so there's, there's some, there's some real power in gratitude. There's some real power in, you yes. know, the writing what you want. What are some examples of things that you want? I mean, is it always materialistic? Is it like, you know, Hey, I want a new house, I want a new car, or is it, you know, more spiritually based? That's a great question. So some of them are physical based. Yeah. There's things that I'd like to have. I'll be honest right now. I'm tired of leasing cars. So I always just write and, and I'll be honest, you were a big motivator for me because I saw you drive the car that I want, which is a Tesla. So I'm actually now finally going to be able to actually get one. So when my lease is up in, I believe it's either June or July, uh, I've already started building it and Tesla and I are in, in contact with each other. So oh, dude, uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So I saw you when we were down in David Destin. I was like, man, that is what I want. It is a fun car. I'm not going to lie. I, I <laughs> bet. <laughs> yeah. So that's one of the physical. Yeah, that's one of the physical things that I write. But usually I'll write, I really want to just change somebody's life today, whether it be a smile, whether it be advice, something like that. How can I make somebody, I, I want to make somebody's day better today. That's really? one of the things I always write. Yeah, it, it depends. I mean, it's just in, in any given day, whatever kind of pops into my head. I give boots away. So I have boots in my trunk. When Models was going out of business, like I was in there when and I never go into Models and a voice was just like, hey, go into Models. And I was looking around and as I was leaving, I saw this big table with like tons of boots and it snows up here in Jersey. So I just got the thought, like, buy these boots. And they were at severe discounts. So I loaded up like six, seven bags of boots, threw them in my trunk. And, you know, when you're driving around, you know, here near the city, there's a lot of people that, that you can call them panhandling or they just they need. Instead of giving money, I'll just ask him, hey, man, do you need a pair of boots? And, you know, 100% of the time, they're like, yeah. And I was like, what size are you? And I have them size, like, in order in my trunk. And I just open up, get out of the car real quick, open up the trunk. And I'm like, here, man, would you take brown? He's like, yeah. And then now I'm, like, giving, you know, boots away. So That's awesome. It, yeah, just anything that, 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 that you can do. These things just kind of pop into my head at, at, at given times, you know. Sometimes it's boots. Sometimes, you know, like I'll reach, I just get a thought to like reach out to somebody if they're going through like a tough time. Hey man, do you, you want to go grab a beer and talk about it? Or what can I do for you? Is there anything I can do for you? Tell me what I can do for you. I don't like to ask, what can I do for you? I like to say, tell me what I can do for you. And then they'll tell me what they need instead of me just offering it out blanket. Like you tell me what you need and I'm going to give you that specific thing. Dude, that's incredibly generous. It's incredibly generous yeah. and a great way to give back. You know, it really is. Yeah. Um, so thanks for doing that, you know, and uh, it, you is. Know, it's, boots, it feels good. Boots feels is good. now a foreign word to me. OK, I mean, I grew up in Boston. <laughs> been plenty of time. I know what snow is a foreign word to me. Boots are a foreign <laughs> word to me. You know, Flip flops. Now, they, you know, if you're giving out driving around with flip flops, <laughs> I, I will hit you up. OK, yeah, <laughs> I'm down it. here in Florida now. And it's you know, it's I tell you, when you don't have to scrape sunshine off your windshield, it's a it's a good thing. It is a I good mean, thing. Right. Look, you know, it, it, it's actually it's Friday night. It's going to be 33 degrees. I mean, we've been enjoying mid 60s, low 60s, which is perfect for fall. You get fantastic foliage up here. And usually like on like a Saturday or a Sunday, if I don't have appointments, I'll just take a drive out and I just film foliage because it's yeah. just so beautiful. Like nature in itself is so it's so magical. And, and as much as humans can mess it up, you know, it is just the one constant that you wake up and it's there and you go to bed and it's there. So yeah, like I'll go out and film it. And um, so, yeah, but it's going to be snowing soon. 
So yeah, I'm aware that there are a lot of people that are going to need boots and, and things of that nature. It's almost Halloween here, right? And so, uh, you know, again, I remember growing up in the Northeast, right? You get the, you get a costume on and you're like, you're debating, oh, I'm going to freeze my ass off. You know? <laughs> if I put a jacket on, it's going to ruin the costume. I, I don't want to do that. I don't 100%. freeze. I'm freezing for 100%. Halloween. That's it. I don't That's care. That's right. You're, you grew up in the Boston area, right? I did. Yes. I grew up yeah. in the area of, uh, of mm-hmm. I won't call it pain and misery, but our sports teams were not quite as good as you know, New Yorkers, <laughs> uh, we, did, we did, we did school everybody in basketball for quite a while there though. But uh, yes, a lot of pain and suffering, uh, except for the last 20 years, the past 20 years, man, it has been title town, baby up there. Right. Town. Yeah. Crazy. 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 You now, guys have enjoyed a nice magical look. We did too. I mean, between the, you know, the giants when I was growing up and then the Yankees, you know, when I was in um, high school and college. Yeah. We just, we've had such a magical run, man. See, those are two words also, like boots and snow that are foreign. Yeah, you know, in, in a Boston family, okay, Yankees and Giants. Those are another two words I never spoke. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yes, always that sports rival, and you guys were such rivals for us too. So funny. Oh yeah. So Look, funny. If we didn't beat you. We didn't beat you on the field, man. You know, we're taking it to you in the fist. All right. Oh man, in the stands, <laughs> God, I've been witness to so many fights. Yankee Stadium, Giant Stadium, parking lots, tailgating. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's crazy, it, but it's fun, man. It's what defines us, right? It's what molds us as men. Isn't that amazing little, that, little, that when you think about it, like the mentality of people can get affected to the point of violence by the behavior of other men, not even something you did, like someone else losing or winning affects oh, yeah. you to the point where you want to fight somebody. And that's, it amazes true, me, but it's true yeah. passion. I mean, although I got to tell you, you know, as I travel around the United States, that true sports passion you don't get that necessarily. And, you know, there's more fighting, I find, outside the, the Northeast in sports arenas than it was up there. Mm. I didn't see a lot of – like, I went to plenty of Yankees games, right? And I had been to Yankee Stadium, the old Yankee Stadium. Matter of fact, I saw yeah. the last Red Sox series that was at Yankee Stadium. You don't see a lot. Of, there's a respect. There's a respect for rivalries that doesn't necessarily always turn into, yeah. you know, a, a fist, you know? And you play soccer. That- yeah, I mean, I, well, to just to, to end on that, I think that once the Boston teams started to win, it became more of a respect thing because for for a while it was really one sided in in terms of baseball and in um, and in football. But once once Boston kind of you know in the mid uh, you know late nineties early two thousands, you guys started winning. Yeah, it was different. There was a whole different ball game. Well, we became cocky. We were always cocky, but now it's like <laughs> now we can back it up, right? <laughs> yeah, you got the swag and you can back up the swag. Yeah, it was like that Kid Rock song, Cocky, right? They say I'm cocky. Yeah. I say what? It ain't bragging, motherfucker, if you back it up. <laughs> if you back it up. So we would back statement. it up. We would back it up. <laughs> hey, Dan, I want to go back just to yeah. one other point you made on your on your routines during the day, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm a big proponent of visualization, like that focus, right? dream boards and vision boards and just like people sometimes they look at it and like, well how stupid is that you, you take you're cutting out pictures out of a magazine or you're using microsoft mm-hmm. publisher or whatever and you're posting pictures and yet when i do that a good 50 percent of the pictures become reality and you write down the things you want to do every single mm-hmm. day so you have a visual plus it's you know you've got that motion of writing it's, it's getting into your fiber of your body what you're grateful for, and then also what you want to write. So speak to the power of visualization. Speak to the power of, do you have a story of something that you've written down repeatedly over and over and over and over again? And then finally, okay, here it is. I mean, maybe the Tesla's the story, but you know, Mm -hmm. other things that you go, this is power. This is the power of focus. 
the power of focus, here's an actual example of what happened because I just kept focusing. I would not let it go. Mm. Uh, I can speak to several, but I'll just kind of narrow it to maybe one or two. So as as you're talking about that, you saw me glancing up. So I'm looking at my dream board as, as, we, as we speak. So there is the Tesla Performance Model 3 that I'm staring at right now and uh, some real estate pictures and an income goal. Some other things that, uh, you know, that I have written up there that I can just sit here and look at when I'm working because I'm in my workstation right now that it's, 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 you see it. And when you want to kind of take a break and you glance over and it's like, nah, I ain't going to take that break. Well, you don't want to do something. It's like a phone call you don't want to make or, you know, things of that nature. You just kind of look over and it's like, nah, I'm going to do that. Like it's worth doing that. It's just that little extra that you can do that's going to get you to where you need to go. So, so I say that to say this. So back in, we'll go full transparency here. So in 2011, I was living in an apartment not too far from here. I I just, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have a consistent uh, income and it got to the point where my folks were kind of carrying me a little bit with my monthly um, bills. And after about three or four months of it, I, I just, it, it hits you in here as a, as, as a man, like I, I'm not able to, I'm not able to, to just make myself, I'm not able to live. I'm not able to, to, you know, make my bills and, uh, and just, you know, be consistent with being able to, to, to do it, make it. So I called him and just said, stop, no more. Do not, do not send me another dime. I said, if it's all okay with you, I said, let me just recharge, restart, reorganize, come home with you guys for a little bit. And then, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. And of course they were okay with it. So you want to talk about humble and humiliating, not even humble, humiliating. So a good friend of mine drives down here with a flatbed, like, like a, like a trailer, but there's no walls. It's just a flat trailer comes and moves out a dresser, a mattress, some, some personal belongings sitting on a flatbed as, you know, and look, people were realizing I'm moving out, but the worst part was I drive up and back an hour and a half to my parents' house and all my stuff as a 30 something year old man is sitting on that flatbed. Look, of course, neighbors are going out and they see it and I'm moving back home. And and it's a very, it's a gut check for you. At least it was for me. Sure. And when I was in their basement sitting there and and I just didn't have like, I had no direction where I was going, what I was going to do, no income coming in. I didn't have a penny to my name. And I was probably about 53, $54,000 in debt. I didn't know what to do. And my folks just kind of sat me down and said, all right, we have to figure out, make a plan here. And we did. And then I ended up getting a job. I ended up getting a job down right where I just left. So I moved an hour and a half, got a job where I just left. So what I ended up doing was getting up at 4 a.m. This was back in 2010, 2011, 4 a.m. to get down to the job by six. I'd work six to two. And then by 2.30, went to my real estate company because I was trying to get my legs underneath me in real estate. And I'd work from there from like 2 to 10, drive back home at 10.30, 11, and then sleep till like 4. Wow. So I did that for two years. And in that two years, I saved up enough money and bought the condo that I just sold in this building. I bought it in 2013 and then sold it, rent here, and I have, uh, I have other investment properties that I have now. Wow. If, and, and if two you years. would have told me, Two years, I did that. If you would have told me in 2011 that you would be where you're at now with owning real estate, you know my assets, 
things of that nature, and a steady income job where now I'm responsible for someone else's income, other people, I would have told you you were crazy. Like there has been no way. Yeah. But again, that's, that's, there's the never quit, right? There's the never quit mentality. Yeah. There's the power of focus. I'm sure as if you're doing your gratitude, you know, during those times, it might be tough to come up with some things you're grateful for. It may be. Oh, I, I, yeah. I, I, during that time. Oh, God. Yeah. I was yeah. cursing out the world, cursing out. It was everybody else's fault but mine. Of course. It was what it was. Is That's how I was looking at the world. The world sucks. It's the economy's fault. It's the government's fault. It's everybody else's fault. My employer, you know, well, you know, 2008 when it happened, this, you know, I got laid off. It's everybody else's fault but mine. When you realize that life is happening for you, not to you, <laughs> right? Right? And they were, we're accountable. I believe in you create, promote, or allow everything in your life. Create, promote, or allow every single thing in your life. So you're never really a victim because, mm. you know, this, well, this guy did it to me. Well, did I allow that to happen? Did I somewhat create that? And even some mm-hmm. level that I promoted. Yeah, I did. Okay. Mm. You know, I get divorced two and a half years ago. It sucked big time. Didn't see it coming. Yes. Right. And I remember. Yeah. yeah. And there was, there's days when it's like, you know, that, ooh, you know, there's not a lot of gratitude coming out of my mouth. <laughs> you know, I'm grateful. Yeah. Uh, I'm grateful I don't kill this one. I'm grateful I don't hurt the dog. I'm grateful I don't, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I re- and, and drink too much, you know, look, and it, I'm, I'm grateful that, Hey, we, you know, we ended, we were brothers at, uh, and partners at that date with destiny. And some of the things that, uh, that you share with me. Yeah. I mean, I, number one, I'm grateful that you felt the trust to be able to, to share them with me. And, and yeah, I'm aware of, of some of your journey and to see, you know, where you are now from where you were just two years ago, this is only two years ago is, is phenomenal for me to say, I mean, it just brings a smile to my face because, you know, look, it's just people getting to the next, you know, their own growth, personal growth. And I am so passionate about other people just getting to where they want to go. And if I can just help you feel better one day to get you there, man, that's like, there isn't anything better in the world. There isn't anything better. Yeah. And that's fantastic, brother. That's, that really is. I mean, it speaks to your heart. It speaks to the character of the person that you are, right. It speaks to your integrity and it speaks to look, you know, your folks did for you and you're kind of giving it back now to the planet. You're, you're helping homeless. You're helping people stay warm in the, in this winter, mm. right? Generosity of your own heart. And that speaks volumes, man, to the character of the guy you are. And it also speaks, you know, when you look at your success, okay, well, you're up at six o'clock and four o'clock in the morning and you go mm. until midnight, you're getting four hours of sleep, right? I'm sure there's not mm. a lot of watching television. I'm sure there's not a lot of Netflix. No. I'm sure there's not a lot of, a lot of anything, right? Partying <laughs> with your friends and drinking and all that shit, right? We even say, look at you're, you take a two week vacation with your family in the first week. Well, I got to work. You know, I got to work. I got to work. I got responsibilities. I'm getting stuff done. And it's yes. that tenacity, that internal fortitude, that intestinal fortitude, if you will, right? To get shit going. I think every, I think we live in a, in a day and age where everybody wants it easy, right? We want an internet lifestyle and just, you know, I click on something and I can get food right away. I click on something, yeah. I get my packages delivered right away. I think that they can click on things and just have the life that they want without the, the, the work, without the grind, without the, you know, it's not, life is not all ease and flow. It can be ease <laughs> and flow once you get it going, right? Mm. Once you get it going, right? Then the mm. maintenance can be ease and flow. But don't think that it's not going to be ease and flow right out of the gate, right? You got to grind it out. I, I don't know. I, I just believe in that. That's, again, that's orange energy, right? Get shit mm. done. Get shit done. It's, and a, so thanks. it's a powerful point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I see you as, as a, a great you know, example of that. I mean, I'm, I'm looking here, you, you can't see this because it's a podcast, but I'm looking in this guy's house. I mean, it looks massive and it looks beautiful, you know? <laughs> and, 
And, and you know, yeah. okay, this is the guy that was living in his parents' basement in his thirties, right? And into some yes. level, you know, that's tough to handle. I, 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 you know, when I first got divorced with my first wife, I remember moving home with my parents, and it was like a week, and I was like, "Holy fuck, I can't do this. I, I just, I, <laughs> I, I just can't do it. I, I'd rather sleep on the streets. I think, you know, yeah, I just yeah. couldn't do it." So. Give you a lot of props to that, man. A lot of props to that. And in the way you've turned Thank around. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. So you, know, you you've oh I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Jump in. I was gonna say you 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 made me think of a couple of things. Number one is yeah, I don't have cable. I have an antenna, so I get like two, four, seven, nine, thirteen, and I don't know, some Archie channels. I don't I don't watch TV very much. I don't have time to, to be honest with you. Really, if I do have downtime, it's spent with books. Uh, I've in twenty eighteen when I was building and I was kind of building myself, I read, I think it was audio and uh, hardcover. I think it was like 92 books I read. Uh, there was just not a time that I wasn't reading. And even now, like I've kind of calmed down a bit because I have more responsibilities, but on a Saturday or a Sunday, man, you know, if I'm not out taking a nice drive in the fall, I'm just sitting at, at a local coffee shop and I have a book in hand and uh, you know, I, I just love to read for a few hours and it's so calming for the mind. Yeah. And the other thing you mentioned, I mean, Frank, there is not a day that goes by that I do not either send gratitude to my family, to my mother, my father, or that I thank them personally for what they've done for me. And one of the, with regards to letting me come and live with them, one of the most rewarding things that was, I think about it to this day, was, it just makes me laugh and smile, was handing them a check for the money that they gave me for those five or six, whatever long, I think it was like five or six months now that I'm thinking about it of just carrying me with my rent and my bills and my whatever, I, I handed it to them with like with interest. And it was like, if you ever saw Cinderella Man, when Russell Crowe goes yeah. back to the social security office and mm-hmm. gives them that roll of money when uh, he was getting the, uh, the uh, whatever it was, the subsidies that they were giving during yeah. the depression, mm-hmm. he was so thankful for them, he gave it back. That was how I felt when I gave my folks that, that, that check back. Wow. And now, you know, I'm able to take them out to dinner when we know, hey, let's go grab some dinner and and I can just easily just pay for it. Not lo- so long ago, that wasn't even a glint in my eye. Yeah. Wouldn't even able to do it. Well, so yeah, the amount of the level of, of gratitude that I have for the things that I have that I will come to have and the things that I've had, the experiences, the the hardships, you know, the nights cursing, you know, the world and you know, not wanting to even be here. If this is, is this all there is, those kinds of things, I've been there and I understand it. And when you are broke, 50 something thousand dollars in debt, living in your parents' basement, a lot of thoughts go through your mind. So to be able to have the, the, the people that have helped me get to where I'm going, uh, you being one of them, really just just levels of gratitude that uh, that I can't even explain. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And uh, no, I appreciate that. Thanks, man. That, that, that means a lot to hear from yeah. you, because uh, I have a lot of respect for you. And last question, uh, sure. I was just thinking about this, okay? Let's say the planet is going to be annihilated. We just like, th- th- this is it, man. This is it, okay? You get one book to hand away, right? It's like the greatest Whew. book you ever read, okay? And wow. one life lesson, you're going to put in this capsule, man, and jettison it off the planet, and the next generation of next Earth gets this stuff. What's the one book that everybody needs to read? I'm looking at my bookshelf now. And what's the one thing everybody needs to learn? I mean, to learn, it's not even that. That's it's so simple. It is the simplest thing ever, and it is just uh, you know, if you have the choice of being right or you have the choice of being kind, just choose being kind. You will never ever regret it. You will never regret it. 
it is it is 100% the right choice. Uh, it'll never steer you wrong. So that's that's what I would say to anybody moving forward. Just you don't need to be right. Just be kind. If people were just kind to each other, man, would the world be a better place? Whatever it is, just a smile. It's it's giving. It's just be kind. Just that's be that's kind. how I would leave with that. Yeah, just okay. be kind. Uh, whew, a book. This is a big one. Um, the book that has had the biggest impact on me, and it has, you know, it's it's brought me to tears each time I've read it. It is a phenomenal book on the appreciation of life itself, your life, no matter what, where you're at. And uh, that really, actually, I should pick out, I should really pick out two, but I'll stick with this one for now. When Breath Becomes Air, it is a true story. It is based on a true story of a doctor. And I don't want to give any of it away other than I, I cried. I've read this three times. And each time I've read it, I've cried at the end, even, the, even when I know the ending. It is one of the most powerful books I've ever read. It is, again, really just about the appreciation of the fact that you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. So if you just, and this really is based on stoicism, if you know anything about stoicism Mm -hmm. and the the principles of it, Marcus Aurelius, which is a phenomenal book too, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, another book I read, great book. He was a stoic. And he basically, the, the premise of this is, and it's of this too, is you do not know what is going to happen tomorrow. So you take the moment that you're in now and you take it to its fullest and you appreciate it to its fullest so that if tomorrow you're not here or someone else isn't here or something isn't here, you can say to yourself, man, I took that and just lived it to its max capacity. I have zero regrets, no regrets about it. And that is a phenomenal way to live for me. And it's how I I choose to live, how I I do live. Do I do it 100% of the time? Absolutely not. (laughs) But it's a principle to me that that I just find very powerful. So yeah, it's called When Breath Becomes Air, Paul Kalanithi. It is a powerful book, powerful read. I would recommend that book if that's any one that I can take. I've never heard of that one. And I will definitely download that because you're a book guy. I knew that when I first met you. Matter of fact, you recommended... And I'm going to screw up this guy's name, but it's Joe Desina or De- something that the, the oh Spart- yeah the, the Spartan race Spartan guy. way Joe Desina Joe Desina phenomenal book started start, that was like uh, when I met you you're like hey you read read yeah. this this is the <laughs> book to read and I did I read it I was like oh this is badass right yeah badass <laughs> and that was a while ago he's, but- I mean shoot he's another one but I love his audio he's better on audio because I love the sound of his voice. It's like raspy and like, you know, he's just like a, he's just like a, like a, like a, like a real powerful dude. And you can tell that that guy doesn't, he means business, man. You don't fuck around. It's like Navy SEAL kind of, you know, yeah. get at it. Oh, get after right? uh, oh, yeah. Jocko and Jocko Wilnick. I mean, I got, uh, shoot, I got those books here too. Jocko's books, uh, extreme, extreme ownership, owning it, owning your stuff, which Great I learned stuff. over the years. So yeah, powerful, real powerful. <laughs> Great stuff. All right. Well, there you go. If the, the next earth has to be populated by people and you see a, a little space capsule running around and says Dan Mazrobian on it, grab it. Cause it's got a good book in it and, and a great advice. Okay. Great <laughs> advice. Absolutely. Brother. Absolutely. Hey, hey, thank you so much for being on the show today. I truly, truly, truly appreciate it. Getting to know you, especially at this level. Cause these are things that, you know, I, I didn't know about you and things mm. that, you know, now the rest of the world is going to get to know you about. And it's a beautiful, beautiful story. You're a successful real estate guy. If you're in the Jersey area or anywhere in, in the area, you know, probably in the tri-state area at all, and you want to buy real estate, man, this is the guy to talk to. This is the guy that <laughs> knows you. what's going on. How can people get a hold of you, Dan? 
you can visit my website, which is www.soldinnewjersey.com, all written out. Email me at, uh, you can do uh, D, actually, I, you can email me at the Misrobian team at gmail.com. That's probably the best, well, the website's probably the best way, but um, I mean, I'm, I'm on Facebook. Uh, Instagram is just at Daniel Mesrobian, and you'll see a picture of me up there. So all like the social media things I've, I've gotten on in the last couple of years. So at the uh, behest of my assistant. So the I'm Hugh on there Jack- too, but yeah. Hugh Jackman, doppelgamer.com. <laughs> you know, I, Jackman I get look-alike. Stanley Tucci a lot. I get Stanley Tucci with hair a lot. Well, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that one. But, yeah, yeah, I get the Tucci. Who doesn't want to look like Hugh Jackman? Come on. I mean, you know. <laughs> hey, I'm taking okay. it, man. You're giving it. I'm taking it. I'll take it. Okay, brother. Take it. Again, Dan Mesrobian. Thanks for crushing it, baby. Thanks for being on the show today. Dude, keep doing what you're doing and stay inspiring, brother. Stay inspiring. Oh, you're an man. awesome guy, man. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orange Crushing It. Hope you're fired up to take on your week with unstoppable energy. Hey, if you like the broadcast, please subscribe. Share it with your best buds, and please write a badass review. You can also reach me at themrorange.com. Stay inspiring, all.